Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. Guys, I'm super excited today to bring you uh, this this gentleman. I've been wanting to get him on the show for a minute. Um, he's one of the first guys I, uh, I met and became friends with in Apex. I think it's probably because we've got commercial real estate in common, but uh, his expertise goes way, way deeper than mine. Uh, he is the president of Results On Demand and the host of the Do Zone podcast. Please welcome to the show, Josh. Josh Thomas. Welcome, mate. Welcome. Hey. Hey, Sam. <laughs> I'm so stoked to be here and practice my British accent. Oh man, it's such a relief that when I actually get home at night and I can turn the cameras off and then I can actually talk like my normal Texan self. I'm, it's so <laughs> difficult to keep up this charade. <laughs> yep, I, actually I came prepared with oh. one of your quotes. Oh, go ahead. Are you ready? Yeah. Darth Vader didn't build the Death Star. <laughs> he just hired a bunch of fucking nerds. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness me. That... <laughs> Probably the the the, uh, the the zenith of the podcast. There, we can just, we can just <laughs> stop the episode right. That was wonderful. Yeah, that is true out. though. Like he didn't build the Death Star. He just hired a bunch of nerds to build it. Um, yeah, That's exactly right. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, man, so it's your turn now to come speak on my platform on the Small Business Surgeon and tell your story uh, to the world, man. I I don't even know where to begin with you. You get a lot of stick for for having an identical twin. Um, in apex but i know you go a lot deeper than that um one of the first times you caught my attention was at a uh, satellite event for for apex in austin where you talked about uh, you talk very heavily about buying and holding multi-family um apartment units so i'd love to cover a little bit of the basics of multi-family uh in the show just in case there's people that are looking to dig a little deeper into that um but man, first off, let's start how we always start. Who the hell is Josh Thomas, man? Who are you? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, I have been spending my entire life trying to answer it. One of the, one of the things that uh, I've, I've decided to live by lately, uh, it's taken me a few years to figure this out, but you never actually have to figure out who you want to be when you grow up. You never have to decide that. I have a, I have a daughter. Uh, she's 15 now. And if she wants to be an artist, then she can go be an artist. And then two months later, if she decides she doesn't want to be an artist, that's okay. Yeah. I went to college and I uh, got a degree in music. No way. I didn't know that. See? No yeah. way. I'm a percussionist. Yeah. Or I was. Didn't and, know that. Yeah. And... I taught high school band. Wow. Yep. And I did that for six years and it was awesome. And it, and it, it defined me. It's who I was until it wasn't. So and, you're not about to just pull off a paradiddle on camera for us then? None of that? I mean, I can, but yeah. Come but, on. <laughs> there so, he goes. Uh, Got hey. You. <laughs> uh, but... I decided that that's who I was. And then I decided, well, you know what? That's not who I am. And I tried to figure out, well, who am I? And it took me a long time, like 10 years of, of getting it wrong before I started to figure out, okay, well, maybe I'm this guy. And maybe in five years from now, I'm not going to be this guy anymore. 
but that's okay. Like the, the whole thing about who, who is this person? That's a moving target. I like that. I did. I wouldn't want to be judged me today against the guy I was 10 years ago. Not at all. I'm not, yeah, not... absolutely. You're, there's no way you're the same person. And if that you can... think here's, here's a good exercise for that. Uh-huh. Going, going back, you, you would take a look at, I think we're the same age, right? We're 42. So, close enough. Yeah. yeah. Close enough. So if we go back to our early thirties self, we'd probably have a few things to say like, Hey, don't go out with that girl. Uh, hey, don't drink that thing. <laughs> you know, hey, don't take that trip. <laughs> don't put you in that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but, uh, and so we have that advice for ourselves 10 years ago. Yes. Now imagine the person you are now and imagine you in 10 years. What is that person saying to you right now? What is that person saying? Hey, dude, you're screwing it up. Uh, What's that guy saying? He's saying, don't, what, what was it you said? Don't date that girl. What was the other one? Don't, don't eat date that. that girl. Yeah. Don't drink don't that. Don't drink that thing. Don't stick don't your dick the... in that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's saying. No, same you're, shit. You're right. He's it's saying like, the same shit. Yeah. It's just, it's just about different people and places and things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's, I totally get it. Um, yeah. So uh, to answer your question, I'm basically no one and everyone. I am whoever I want to be. And it's going to probably change in the next six months or a year. And I, you know, I've accepted that because I'm going to figure it out. The, the, the only day that I really have to figure it out is, is the last day. A boy has no name. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's, that's a way different way of looking at it. Um, I like it. But I, I had no idea. See, you very rarely find me lost for words on my podcast. I had no idea you were a music teacher. Dude. That blows my mind. Yeah. Um, so, how do you go from music teacher, right? Let's pretend we're wrapping up teaching and I'm tired of the band. How do you go from music teacher to where you're at? Uh, because now you're, you, you, you essentially spend all your time consulting um, and you're an expert in the commercial real estate space. So like, I, I, I can't wrap my head around how all of a sudden you've gone from hanging out at band camp. I'm like, <laughs> cause that's like, like, Teaching is like, it's a very, very steady, very safe, very conservative, very secure career. Once you kind of get into a, a system and to, into like, I don't know if they still do tenure or not, but it's, it's considered a lifelong career. And is, is it common for somebody to go into teaching and then be like, you know what, I, I don't like this? Is it common for people to jump out? It's certainly common for people to say, I don't like it. Hmm. Uh, it's not so common for them to jump out. And so... Uh, the, the best way that I can put it is, uh, one, one day I woke up and I was going, I was going to school and I had, I had moved, I live in Austin, Texas, and it's an amazing town. I love it. Uh, and there were so many attractive parts of this city and so many things going on mm -hmm. and oh, man, I'd love to get out on the lake. Oh man. I'd love to hit that trail. Oh man. I'd love to see this festival that happens once, twice a year. Right. And I realized that one day I woke up, I had been living in Austin for four years and I hadn't done any of that shit. Not, not, not one single thing because I was always at school doing something at school. Oh, damn. Like outside of work? Yeah. Just, there was just no time. Right. I was always working. And, and then when I wasn't working, I was exhausted. And that was kind of the first sign that maybe I need to do something different. And the other one, I'll tell you, this is very specific, and I'll never forget this. 
I'll go on. Uh, I was, uh, so I was in the band. So we had to go to the marching band. Football is, football is God in Texas. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah. And so I'm. So wait, you were in charge of those people marching and shit like that? That's right. How do they not run into each other? That uh, blow. Oh my goodness. Like I go to A&M games. I'm like, they're going to crash at one game. I'm just going to sit and watch. They're going <laughs> to crash. And they never crash. And they never do. Yeah. It's just, it, they, you always they think. They plan it in yeah, advance. You, you think see. they go into <laughs> yeah right that's part of the allure yeah <laughs> so okay so carry on, carry on so i'm sitting here i'm sitting here at this football game and in austin city limits is this gigantic music festival and austin city limits was happening it was in the fall and i'm a huge i'm a huge fan of bjork uh from the the icelandic mm-hmm. singer yeah i love bjork this was like 2005 or whatever bjork was at austin city limits and i'm like oh my god i want to see bjork Oh shit, it's Friday night. She's playing on Friday night. I got a football game. And at that moment, I made a decision that I continue to regret to this day. I decided to go ahead and do my job and show up to the football game. But I can tell you, I don't, the only thing I remember about that night, I don't remember who the team was playing. I don't remember how the band did. Uh, I don't remember anything about what happened that night, except for the fact that I wasn't watching Bjork. Right. And that bothered me, and it still bothers me to this day. I can like, tell. You know what? If I had a just, like, what was the worst that could have happened? They would have fired me? Well, at least I saw Bjork, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of like the metamorphosis of saying, like, I do not want to be commanded by what somebody else is telling me to do or where somebody else is telling me to be. Yeah. Um, and and it, was, it was a huge separation process from there. And it took, it took many years to recover, to be honest, because, because of what you said about that stability and that paycheck and that security and, you know, people like seven layers of bosses, you know, and it's hard to go from that to, all right, you wake up and you eat what you kill. Yeah. That's a hard transition, man. Oh, no doubt. Like, cause yeah, I mean, with it with a paycheck, you've got a set structure. You know, you have to be at this place at this time. Uh, here's the music. Here's the kids. Like blow, blow, blow. Like make the noise and and go home. Like I mean, and you went from that to just completely eating what you kill. What was the first thing you did? I mean, did you did you immediately look to sales? Did you look to real estate? You know, you're not going to be a, a music teacher anymore. And I I was. I was way overselling my myself as far as my abilities. Um, like I was a really, really good teacher, mm. but that does not necessarily translate into good at sales. So I actually, I got my real estate license. That's what everybody does when they don't know what to do. Exactly. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to get rich in real estate. And so I got my license in July of 2008. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm sorry bro wow um and nobody knew what was happening at the time no they were printing money dude if you could fog a mirror you could get a mortgage yeah except that not by the time i got my license nobody could get a mortgage and so uh i just thought that i was really bad at it which i was uh but also the entire economy was just cratering. Right, right. I remember. Nobody yeah. could get a mortgage. No, nobody could do anything. And so I just started Googling online, like how to make money online. Dude, that's <laughs> you know, exactly just, what I did. Yeah, that's how you everybody starts. 
Like it was, it was after the oil field crashed. So after the after the the crash in '08, the oil field went out. I was December 2008. I uh, got laid off from the oil field, and I just googled how to make money on the internet, <laughs> and off we went, man. Mm-hmm. So what did you find back in 2008, man? How, I, I, yeah, tell me how that worked. I I found Perry Marshall. Oh yes, 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 and. And Perry was, I mean, I found a bunch of schmucks, you know, a bunch of horrible, like, I'm trying to remember why I remember that name. Perry Marshall. I've I've read read some of his books. Yeah, he was the foremost authority on Google AdWords back in the early Mm. 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I found Perry and he was just speaking genuinely and he was philosophical and everything, everything was like, this is how it's done. And, and he had an explanation for everything. I'm like, man, really resonate with that guy. Mm-hmm. So I went to one of his events. I had to borrow money. I was broke, man. I had to borrow money to go to a, an event that he had. And, um, and I shook his hand. And like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is like a celebrity, you know? Yeah. And, and, and then I ended up uh, six months later, I was like, all right, I got to get... I got to get a job. And so the only place that I could find a job at the time was at a call center uh, selling precious metals. And so I did that and I was fortunate. I had a great sales trainer. He taught me how to sell finally. And then I got a call from Perry because I was at his event and uh, he was trying to sell me something. And I'm like, oh, thanks, man. I don't really want to buy anything, but I've been working at this call center. So if you ever need anybody to pick up the phone, I'll, I'll be, I'd love to work for you. Right. And, uh, and he said, oh, okay, well, come on. No doubt. And so he hired me. And, uh, and then I got to basically learn for free yeah. while I'm making money. And I worked for Perry for six years. And that, that taught me the majority of things that I, that I know about helping businesses is what I learned from Perry. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, he wrote the book on all that stuff. That's, that's super impressive, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, then from there is just, you know, finding the next opportunity, the next opportunity and continuing to grow, like always finding something to learn, something to improve, some some person to meet that is going to teach me something like I'm never content with with what I know because somebody's smarter than me always. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think we both share a, a passion for the pursuit of education. Um, definitely learning new stuff and experiencing new experiences. Um, and one of the things I've been wanting to ask you about, in fact, I've been dying to ask you about, was not too terribly long ago, you packed up a bunch of stuff and went and lived in a van for a little while, didn't you? <laughs> That's right. Like an epic road trip in a van. Um, That's right. Let's, let's, let's go over that trip for a minute because I, I, I want you to tell the story of that trip and some of the lessons that you learned on that, uh, on that road trip, man. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. First, first lesson I learned was um, I get motion sickness really easy, apparently oh, I learned wow. that about 15 minutes into the trip. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, uh, four of us, um, we met in a mastermind called apex and, uh, there was a guy, Adam Miller, uh, who wanted to write a book called raised by wolves. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that sounds cool. I was raised by wolves. You know, I didn't really, you know, my mom was around, but you know, my dad was non-existent. I mean, I know who he is, but um, and so, and then we started recruiting people we're like, you know, we should, we should do a road trip out of this. Who do we know with an RV? James has an RV. So I called James. 
like literally I called James. He's like, Hey, what's up, buddy? And I said, <laughs> Hey, I have a proposition for you. And his, the words out of his mouth were, I'm pretty much going to say yes before you even tell me what it is. Dude, that, that's exactly how James would answer the phone. That's right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's up, buddy? And, uh, <laughs> and so I hope he we hears told this. Him, <laughs> we told him, like, hey, man, we want to make a road trip and write a book while we're doing it. And we need an RV. And he's like, I got an RV. I said, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm calling. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, and then Steve, Steve Apodaca, uh, volunteered to do some tech stuff. And, and then he started telling his story and we're like, holy shit, this book needs to be about Steve, you know? Cause like each of us had a different form of like kind of a dysfunctional childhood mm -hmm. because of our parents in some way or another. And, and so we decided to get together. We flew out to Vegas and we took a road trip to Dallas, took four days, um, and you know, four dudes, we, at the time we barely knew each other, four dudes in a van for four days. Uh, sometimes we slept in the van. Sometimes we slept in campgrounds. Uh, one night, Steve and I shared a, a room at the Econo lodge because we couldn't handle Adam snoring. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, as far as lessons learned, mm -hmm. I can tell you that what you do now if you have kids, yeah. if you have children, what you do now, what you say now, if you're there now, has such a profound, permanent impact on your children, much more than you'll ever realize. And it came out as each of us, each of us had what we called our signature story mm -hmm. about one defining moment from your childhood that still affects you today. And mine was about my dad. And it wasn't about anything he said to me. It was about the fact that he wasn't there. It was about the fact that he just didn't show up. And I let that enrage me for more than a decade. I let, I let that grab my soul and and hang on to it and tug at it for more than 10 years. I, in, I, I invested red wasted energy being angry at this man for not being there. Mm -hmm. I purposely cut him out of like life events. I would right. go around him. You know, I would invite everybody around his circle to my graduation, except for him. Hmm. And I would do all this stupid ass shit because I was angry with him. I was angry with him. He, he never abused me. He never cut me down or insulted me. He just didn't call me. Damn, dude. He didn't call me. I didn't need anything from this man. I just wanted him to pick up the phone and call me and say, hey, son, how you been doing? And he didn't. I was eventually able to let that go. And that's a story for another time, but I was eventually able to let it go. But as I listened to these stories from these other grown men who were successful with families, I could hear the pain in their voices. And it was, it was that child speaking. It was that child speaking for them. Wow. 30, 40, 50 year old men and some 12 year old lost scared little boy inside is doing all the talking in certain situations.
man, you know, what I see a lot of with guys in our circle is that they've had similar experiences. And I didn't get to, uh, I didn't get those experiences. I, uh, I was blessed with, with my childhood, with my parents. But the one thing that stands out to me that I see in you guys the most is that the failure of the father figures in your life has led you to be much more resolute about being father figures to, the, to, to, to your children. Do you find that translates? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's always going to be some sort of whiplash overcompensation. Like, <laughs> I, I'm going to make sure my kids don't have the life that I had. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'll, you know, going one layer deeper than that, man, it's kind of hard to avoid. If if I can just be real transparent with you, it's kind of hard to avoid. Okay, I, I'm divorced. Mm -hmm. I have a I have a daughter. She's 15 years old. And our relationship is not the most amazing in the world. It's not from a lack of effort, but, you know, probably some pre-ingrained issues that I had as a child are spilling over into my relationship with my daughter. Wow. And, you know, I wish that I could say, man, you know, I'm going to provide this perfect life for her. And I tried mm -hmm. and I failed at it. And, and every day I get up and, and I do my best to kind of make it, to make it work. And sometimes some days I'm successful and some days I'm not. Yeah. Uh, but man, we, we all are trying to do better by our kids than, than we got for ourselves. But there's like landmines everywhere, dude. Oh, and uh, I, th I think one of the most important things in that equation is that your kids, your kids see you and they see that you're present and they see that you're trying. They see you leading by example. Um, I think that has a lot more effect on our kids than we realize. They, they're watching us even when we don't realize that they're watching us, you know. Um, so that's something I, I always do that to try to lead my kids. I, I tell my kids, be good little leaders, you know. Um, but no, being, being an entrepreneur and what it does to marriages is, uh, is very difficult when it comes to uh, living by yourself and, and still trying to raise kids. So I salute you for going out of your way and, and, and trying to be the best dad that's possible. I'll, I'll give you this for anybody that's paying attention. I was, I was uh, recently at an event uh, with, uh, and one of the speakers was Todd Herman, mm -hmm. uh, who's the author of the, uh, the Alter Ego Effect book I actually have right here in front of me. Oh, we'll talk about that in a minute, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so Todd was there speaking and uh, first of all, amazing dude. Uh, he runs a company called the 90 day year. And uh, he started off by being a, um, a mindset coach for athletes. Uh, he coached Kobe Bryant, uh, helped him develop the, the black mamba uh, alter ego. Um, so he, he'll talk about that. But I got the most out of what he uh, he had this little kind of circle outside after he spoke and there was like five or six of us standing around. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one of the things that he mentioned was about being a parent. And he said, it doesn't have anything to do with quality. How do you measure quality time? Well, this 15 minutes I got was good quality. He said, he said, no, what really matters is quantity, mm -hmm. quantity time that you get. And he, they did the research with all of these athletes. He's, he's been in business for almost 30 years. 
all of these athletes and they surveyed the athletes and they asked them, what was the number one reason why you played this sport at such an elite level for so long? Kid, children, athletes. And the number one reason for why they kept engaged with the sport was because of the windshield time they got with their parents on the way to practice. By far, like overwhelmingly large amount. I'm not going to quote the stat because I don't remember, but the number one response was kids, kids play sports because of the one-on-one time they get with their parents. Wow. Yeah. You just don't think of that. I mean, I, I see my kids um, a couple of times a day. I do the school run in the morning. And I pick William up from, from school at lunch. I pick Charlie up. And, and then I, I work into my calendar um, <clears throat> from 3.30 to 6 every single day. Um, I'm with my kids. And it just, I don't realize, you know, they they like even just, just sitting on the couch together playing Mario Kart. You know, that is that quality time? Well, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it. But then, then you look across and like one of the little shits is throwing a blue shell at you and you're like, I'll blue shell you. And then all of a sudden it's great fun, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Damn. Where do, where do we go after that, Josh? I, I don't know, man. We can go wherever, wherever you want. You're, you're the interviewer. You ask the questions. <laughs> <laughs> that's your job. You have one job, Sam. Damn it. Well, let's try, try and interview podcast hosts. So I don't have to do as much talking. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. That's it, All right. Man. Let's 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 go to... I wanted to talk about my want, family for a minute. I do. That was my next thing. So let's go to commercial real estate and, and how you got there. Because you, you spent some time doing the AdWords and learning all that stuff from from one of the masters of the business but um you ended up in commercial real estate so so how'd that work out yeah so um i i had a actually you you mentioned that sometimes you have people come on and talk about failures as entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. i ran a podcast for four years called how to lose money and did uh, it work uh, yeah i lost a lot of money well done pal well done well done (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And so we interviewed investors and entrepreneurs and they shared a major failure story and the lessons that they learned from it. We did that for four years. Oh, wow. Uh, Paul, Paul Moore and I did that. And uh, one of the guys that I, that I met was Michael Blunk. And mm-hmm. uh, Michael is a multifamily syndicator. And I didn't know shit about it. Uh, I, just, I just knew whenever I interviewed him and he told his story, I'm like, man, you're cool. Like, I don't know what you do, but... Like, I want to hang out with you. And uh, so a few months later, we found a project that we could work on together. And, um, and it was basically, he had a, uh, like a coaching kind of training program. And him as a person, as an investor was amazing. His, mm-hmm. his coaching program was crap. Oh. And so I'm like, hey, let me, let me fix this for you. And let's do this together. And he said, okay. So we started working together about four or five years ago. And that's where I started learning about multifamily mm-hmm. because I was, I was selling the program. I'm like, maybe I should figure out what the hell I'm talking about. And so I just started paying attention. And again, I'm surrounded by all of these really smart people that know exactly what they're doing. Right. You pick things up real fast as long as you want to. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then a couple of years after that, I invested in my, uh, my first property and, uh, you know, raising capital, investing passively and actively. And, um, and I, I just, I have, I have unlimited resources from some of the best in the business around me 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, that allows me to be able to speak uh, from a position of authority because uh, I've seen every single one of these things done and I've participated in it from the inside. Yeah. And so yeah. I have kind of these, these insights that a lot of people are lacking. That's crazy. Like just, just from showing up and doing the work and bringing value to a guy that needed some value and look at the, look at the opportunity you have, uh, you've created for yourself. <clears throat> so what would be, let, let's say, let's say some, somebody listening has a little bit of money kicking around. Uh, what, what would be the, the, the recommendation for you for taking the first steps into commercial real estate? Yeah, you got it. So there's, there's two main paths that you can get into. Now, there's probably more than a dozen, but I'm going to give you two. Uh, you can take the active approach or you mm-hmm. can take the passive approach. Uh, each of them has their advantages and disadvantages. Uh, what most people are familiar with is the passive approach, which is basically, uh, Josh, I know that you're good at this. I'm going to invest in your next deal, mm-hmm. and then you're going to pay me XYZ return. That's the passive approach. The right. big advantage to that is you don't have to do anything. You have no responsibilities. You're just putting in money. And as long as you trust the operators, that money's probably going to grow. Okay, yeah. The active approach is instead of putting in money, you're receiving that money from others and you're going and doing the work. You're finding the property. You're vetting it out. You're putting the deal together and uh, you close it and you control it. Mm-hmm. Now, the obvious advantage there is it's, it's significantly more lucrative, but the big disadvantage is uh, there are more risks involved and you're dealing with other people's money. And if it fails, it's your problem. Mm, yeah. And so, and so whichever way you want to go, both of them are great. Uh, it just depends on, do I want to be the one out there out front doing the work to find the properties and negotiate the deals and make more money because of it? Yeah. Or do I just want to take my money and invest it with somebody else who's doing that for me? And so there's passive investing, which is just here, take my money. And then there's the active side of investing, which is I'm hunting for the property and I'm putting it together and I'm closing it. What do you prefer to do? Uh, well, it depends. I'm, I'm passively invested in a handful of deals and, uh, and also actively investing as well. So what do I prefer? Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would prefer <laughs> to be in control of the property. I, I, I figured, yeah, I figured that would be your answer. You, you strike me as the kind of guy that likes to go hunt shit and kill it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but somebody else manage it, yeah, man. <laughs> go go chase, but, chase those rewards. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty lucrative if you find the right deal and you have the right team. Um, you can, uh, the, the number one uh, answer I get when I ask somebody what their goal is, mm-hmm. is $10,000 a month passively. It doesn't matter who they are. That's doesn't so true. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're already making like 50K a month. Like, mm-hmm. dude, if I can just get 10K passive, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. And so you can get 10K passive. Technically speaking, you can get 10K passive with like one deal. Damn. You know, as well, long why as you play your why, cards why, right. Why don't you just do one deal and retire, man? You'd be set if you had 10K passive. You got you to gotta keep putting quarters <laughs> in the machine in that situation. But, but, yes, but uh, yeah, yeah I know. three to five years, if you do that for three to five years, then then you should be completely financially free. Man, that's just uh, 
I mean, the time's going to pass anyway. Why, why wouldn't you do it? <laughs> so um, I would put you on the spot. Well, because of that one girl that I met and that uh, one drink that I took and uh-huh. the whole trip I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it, dude. <laughs> so I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Tell me about a deal that didn't go right. Well, okay. So I'll, uh, I'm going to borrow one because okay. I actually tell this story all the time. Um, from from my How to Lose Money podcast, which may be still floating out there in the in the internet, I'm not sure. But there's a guy named Vinny Chopra, and Vinny is a prolific multifamily investor. He's he's super popular in the in the field, and he's a great dude. Like you definitely want to hang out with him if you see him. Mm-hmm. And he was on my podcast one time. And he was talking about wasn't even his first or second deal. He's he was already a pro. And everything looked good. Uh, it was a uh, you know five or six million dollar property, and he closed it. And they handed him the keys, and then he immediately realized that every single pipe, water pipe, was corroded, mm-hmm. and it needed to be replaced. And it was it was like at the time it was two hundred fifty thousand bucks, gone. Did he did he not do an inspection? Yeah, we did the inspection. We did okay. the inspection, but. The inspection does not typically include like the little roto router camera going to see if the pipes are in good shape. Like that's just not something you would normally do. Fair point. And so, and the, so the, the drain, the drains. Yeah. Like the water pipes themselves, like okay. the underground pipes. Okay. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. And, and so that wiped out his cash flow for three years. Uh, and he eventually was able to kind of turn it back around and, and equalize it out. And if Benny's listening to your podcast, you know, maybe you can correct me, Benny, but, um, but, uh, the, the biggest lesson that he learned from that was, okay, my opportunity cost for every property moving forward is I'm going to pay some plumber a hundred (laughs) bucks to show up with one of those little snake cameras Mm -hmm. and make sure the pipes aren't corroded. It's lessons you learn the hard way, my man. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's things like that, that sometimes you just can't avoid things that like a meteor strike, somebody yeah. gets murdered on the property. Like you can't account for everything, but what you want to try to do is you want to try to surround yourself with people who have been there and done that mm-hmm. so that they can like mitigate as much of that as possible. Like, Hey dude, pay this guy a hundred bucks to bring his little snake camera. Okay it's worth the hundred bucks every single time. Yeah. Like little tiny lessons like that, that you just can't, if you're trying to do this on your own, you're going to miss that. And it's going to cost you six figures. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that's an expensive lesson to try to save a hundred bucks. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> yeah, man. Speaking of expensive lessons, that was uh, another guy. His name is Jay Massey was on my podcast one time and, he had the ultimate quote and I always ask the same questions. And, um, after he shared the story, uh, I asked the question, what, what advice would you give somebody to found yourself in, in the position you were in? And without hesitation, he said, you just paid full price for that lesson. Make Oof. sure you take the class, make sure you don't have to repeat it. Mm, that's a really good one. Cause you know, like, um, School teaches you the lessons and then gives you the test and sees if you fail. Whereas life gives you the test and the failure is the lesson, 
you're like, damn it. <laughs> like, they didn't tell you school was going to be the easiest time of your life, uh, but it is because you get to take the, the lesson first and then the test at the end, you know? That's a good point. Life is the, just the, it's just the inverse of school. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, what did I, what did I just do wrong? I just, I fa- really... just failed that test. Better, better go yeah, learn. I didn't even better, know I was being tested. Better go learn history real quick. Um, <laughs> talking of learning extra shit, um, what is it with you and Spanish, man? because <laughs> you like to go to mexico don't you i do i do like spending some time in mexico yeah and and fully uh, fully fluent in spanish i am i am fully fluent i am not a native speaker but i can get by in any situation yeah they'll they'll know they'll know that i'm not a native speaker but yeah but we but yeah, won't. i can full i can yeah full speed but um you know in 2015 uh i i had just recently gotten divorced Mm-hmm. and I had always had this, like, I always wanted to know Spanish, like, man, I wish I knew Spanish, and I didn't know any, um, and so I'm like, man, how do I figure this out, and so I started going to these meetups, and, uh, and it was terrible, and then the leader of the meetup had to go away, and, and so I volunteered to lead the meetup, and then I just, I moved it to a cool place that had like food and alcohol. So you couldn't speak Spanish, but you volunteered to lead the Spanish lessons. Yeah. And then you took all the Spanish students and moved them to a bar. Yes. <laughs> I, I see no drawbacks here. This looks like a wonderful <laughs> plan. I would, well, the, I would learn Spanish. Well, the, the benefit to it, though, was when I moved to the place with food and alcohol, all the Latinos started showing up. And so then I'm surrounded by people that are speaking Spanish, like natively. And if you really want to learn, you got to, you got to immerse yourself in that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the big, the big trick to it, if if you're looking to learn a new skill later in life, first, total immersion. And then secondly, be willing to do it poorly. Mm. Like if you think about, you know, your English, Sam is perfect by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But if you think about how you learned English, you probably just started like babbling to your parents and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh, that's so cute. That's not how you say it. You say it like this. Right? Yeah. And that's how you learned English. So why wouldn't you learn Spanish that way? You know, just go and say it wrong. And then somebody else would be like, oh yeah, I see what you're trying to say. It's actually like this. Oh, and then you yeah. learn so much faster that way. I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that Duolingo app, uh, but I haven't messed with it yet. I, I totally understand that. You get to a point where you're like, I used to be like, I wish I could play guitar. And then one of my mates, he heard me say that. He said, well, you're 38. You better get a move on. <laughs> and I feel the same way about learning Spanish because, you know, in, in high school in England, um, we got French and German. And at the end of high school, I was conversationally fluent in both. Now I can barely remember a word. Um, but Spanish wasn't on the radar, and yet it's used so much in, in Texas. I'd, I'd love to have a little bit of it. I guess, I guess I'll just add that to the list of things to do. Um, <laughs> yep. All right. Um, I do want to touch with you on mindset. You have kind of evolved from a music teacher um, through an expert in commercial real estate but we haven't talked about the work that you've done on your mindset. You always seem to have some very good advice for the uh, the psychology of being in business for yourself. Um, 
What's a couple of good books that you have read that have helped you to develop that kind of a mindset? That's a great question. And you definitely put me on the spot for that one. <laughs> My bad. Like you just always, <laughs> you always seem so positive. And like, even when we talk off a of camera, there's always, you, you always bring shit to a conversation. You always bring value to a conversation, you know? And whether we agree or whether we disagree, because we have disagreed on some things, which is perfectly fine. You are willing to change your position on the introduction of new evidence, as am I, and I find that I find that wonderful. I think I think the first the first kind of trick to that is to realize that the world just is. You see the world from your perspective and I see it from mine, but neither one of us are necessarily right. Mm. And so if, as long as you can accept that you can't possibly be right, then you realize that probably nobody else is either. And you just have to understand that like, it's kind of gooey and everybody's just doing the best they can to figure it out. That's so true. As, as, as far as, as far as books, you know, I just mentioned this one earlier, the alter ego effect with Todd Herman. Yeah. Uh, that, that particular book is great because uh, one of the things that Todd talks about is we spend our lives trying to convince ourselves that we are the same person in every situation. Okay. And that's 100% untrue. I, I because, think you're right. Yeah. Because we show up as entrepreneurs as a certain type of person, but that's not the type of person we would take a girl out on a date with. That's not the type of person that we would hang out with our kids with. Now, there may be some crossovers and that sort of thing, but we don't talk to our clients the way we talk to our children. We don't talk to our significant others the way we talk to our parents. We have these alter egos that we assume based on the situation. And it's right. not being disingenuous with yourself, you just have to behave differently because of the situation. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in two separate masterminds right now. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them is Apex, and the other one is called the Eight Figure Boardroom with Cole, Gordman, Cole Gordon. And uh, they could not be any more different. <laughs> like everything about them is different. Like you go to Apex and it's like, giant beards and tattoos and like muscly dudes that are like you know pounding beers and and talking about you know all kinds of fuck your excuses and everything like that right and then and then you go and then you go to the the boardroom and it's this small group mostly hipsters mostly young everybody's just kind of like put together and they're like analyzing uh you know click through rates on their ad spend and stuff i love yeah. that yeah, yeah. But it's there's there's room for everybody yeah like, you know because like you have to know what the click-through rates are on your ads or somebody yes. somebody does like yeah there's, I, I love that yeah and so and so it's almost like the first time i went it was like whiplash you know like, whoa <laughs> this is so different yeah but, but there's but but it's equally valuable you know, and, and so it, it would be so easy for me to have this kind of tribal identity, like, no, man, this is my group. You guys are nerds, but like, Hey, the nerds built the death star. Right. So, hey, man, Yeah. <laughs> See, I brought that back around. <laughs> well done. I think that's called a conclusion. 
Um, <laughs> that's right. Wait, no, what, what do they call it? Like, I don't know, the comedian is a re- callback. Callback, there you go. Callback. Damn. You planted that seed early. Well yeah. done. The, but the, the, the main thing is, I'll, I'll, I mean, the, the, the big point that I want to bring here is this. As long as I show up and I'm not the smartest person in the room, I always have something to learn and I always have somewhere to grow. Mm-hmm. I always, there's always somebody that is the master of whatever the hell it is that they do. And I want to know about that. I want to know about that and how that can add value in my life. And then any chance that I get, because I show up with that attitude of like, Hey, I, I want to be able to glean everything I can from any person. If I show up and I hear somebody, I'm, I'm, I'm always looking for something that I can latch onto that I know about that. Mm-hmm. Let me help you with that. I know how to do that. And I don't want anything from you. I just want you to know that I exist. And I want you to know that I appreciate your time and presence and I'm giving, and I'm giving this value to you as my gift. Another thing that I got from Todd recently, and I don't talk about him a lot, but uh, is he, he sits down and, and writes handwritten notes to just random people every single day, like celebrities, you know, anybody he can think of. And he will write them a note that basically says, hey, I appreciate you. Uh, it, means, it means a lot that you are out there doing the work every day, and especially page 72 in your book, uh, really stuck out to me. I, I just wanted to say thanks. And then he mails it to him and he doesn't ask for anything at all. Mm-hmm. And the point that he made at the end of it was one of the the sweetest things, I think it was a Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar, I think it was Jim Rohn. The sweetest thing that somebody can hear is their own voice or their mm-hmm. own words or their own name. But on top of that, it means so much more if their name or their presence or the words that they said had an impact on somebody else. Oh yeah. Like I know, I, I know we're joking around about the death star comment, but every time that I share that with you, you smile a little bit because yeah, yeah. you said that in passing some point, And I made a point to bring it back up and say, Hey, I remember you saying that you and did you, that. You're the reason it's turned into a quote now. Like, yeah, you're right? the reason I ever say it. I just made it as a passing comment. <laughs> Like, I think we were smoking a cigar somewhere, probably. I don't. That's know. right. That's right. <laughs> but but when you can when you can latch onto this thing, like man, I was sitting there listening to you talk about this, and I just wanted to let you know I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. You don't want anything at all from them. That lands. It hits different. Yeah, and you know, it costs these, nothing. Yeah, costs I go nothing. to these. I go to these Apex events, and. I write down every single person's name that I interact with. And I write down one little sentence about some interaction we had. And later I'm going to send a little 20 second video on Facebook. Hey, Sam, dude, it was great seeing you at the thing. I really appreciated your, you know, when you were talking about this and all I'm doing is saying, I see you and I hear you. Thank you. That's all it is. You know, Every guest I have on my podcast, every person I interview, um, it's a privilege because I often sit here for 45 minutes to an hour and I get coached on some stuff. And, you know, you've really hit home the point that that, that giving value is the gift. It it costs nothing. 
Um, you can go out of your way to make somebody's day just a little better. It costs absolutely nothing. It recognizes them. It lifts them up. And when you expect nothing in return is when the universe starts to pay you back for this stuff. Since, since I started giving in my business and adding value, my life has changed so much. And the fact that you've come in here and taught us that lesson um, at no cost to us and you've given value to the audience, it just, it just goes to show what a, uh, what a wonderful guest you are, man. Thank you so much for coming and teaching me and teaching us. You got it. <clears throat> happy, happy to be a part of it. Happy to have your friendship. Well, damn. All right. Um, before we wrap this up, <clears throat> I got a couple of questions that I always ask. Um, so, uh, Josh, not Jason, <laughs> definitely not Jason. Um, we're going to uh, to ask you. You know, the, the the podcast here is aimed at people that may be five or ten years behind you and I in the in the entrepreneurship journey. And what I like to ask my guests, if there's one thing that's stuck out to you, one lesson you've got over that last five to 10 years that you'd like to turn back around and say to Josh from 10 years ago, um, you know, don't date that girl or um, don't do that to that thing. Um, what's, what's one piece of advice you would like to give uh, the guys that are 10 years behind you? It's the same advice that I would give to that long haired ponytail kid that just graduated high school. Uh, however long ago it was that I did that. Go and find the most successful person you can. Offer to do any work for them. Take notes. Copy and emulate. That is your shortcut to success. Amen, dude. Success leaves clothes. Like, and the one thing I've found, if, if you're, if you're, wanting to take Josh's advice, but you're wary of it. The one thing I found more than anything is that every successful I, uh, guy that I've reached out to, if they see you're doing the work, they, they love nothing more than to pour into guys that are actually doing the work and trying to make it. You know, do, do you find the same thing in your groups, Josh? Yeah, if people that are just willing to show up and do anything, like I'm trying to hire someone right now for a client. <laughs> And I had a guy that was interested and we got on the phone and we talked, cool, I'm going to connect you directly with my client, have a conversation. Ghost. Mm. You know, like all you had to do was show up. Just show up. Dude. It's all it takes. Show up. If you show like, up on that, time, dude, if you show up on time and you do what you say you're going to do, you will outpace 98% of the population in this country. You know? in the world well yeah <laughs> all right josh um final question uh number one it's been an absolute blast having you on man i'm sorry it took us so long to line this out um but for all the guys that are interested in getting to know you a little bit deeper uh maybe want to go and listen to your podcast and uh, look at some uh, commercial real estate coaching with you uh how do we get a hold of you and how do we find you online the, the best place that I can direct you to is I do have a podcast. It's called The Do Zone, and it's on iTunes and Spotify or Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's Apple it Podcasts now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Forget that. Uh, and that, that would be a really great place to connect with me and kind of understand a little bit more about how I think and who I talk to and how I operate. As far as con contacting me directly, 
Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Josh Thomas, or I'm also on Instagram. Josh Thomas 80 is my handle on there. Um, but uh, I really encourage you to have a listen to the podcast. If you like it, um, be sure to subscribe, leave a review if you want, doesn't matter. Um, but, but really what I try to do is I have a, an, an entrepreneur guest, someone like Sam. Uh, and then uh, the second episode of the week is a solo where I'm just talking about whatever happens to have crossed my mind. <laughs> and uh, this past week, uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, where, where we're at right now, the one that just published is about death. So. Yeah, we'll be yeah. Uh, we're a few weeks out from this going out, but yeah. uh, man, it's a similar format to to the the show that I got, um, and you know it is uh, it's definitely definitely worth a listen. It's one that caught my ear. Um, well, you about twenty thirty episodes deep now, something like that, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, Josh, man, it's been absolutely wonderful catching up and having you on the show, man. I appreciate you coming out and dropping so much uh, knowledge in such a short space of time. Um, Josh, thanks, man. Thank you, Sam. I really appreciate you. And anybody listening, uh, Sam is a stand-up guy. Reach out to him, connect with him. I know you've got your Texas Media Foundry. Yes, sir. I'm a, I'm a I'm a slip you a hundred for saying that. Just like pay, <laughs> it's just like paying the plumber, dude. You just, just gotta That's slip right. a hundred every now and again. Um, guys, that was Josh Thomas. Um, he is the president of Results on Demand, host of the Do Zone podcast. Um, and like I said, we'll put all his show notes, uh, his links in the show notes. Run out and show him some love. Check out his podcast. And uh, if you've enjoyed this show, do us a favor, leave us a review. And uh, as always, guys, um, we will be back Wednesday with Sam and Kyle. See what's up, and then have a dose of Friday fire for you this Friday. So do me a favor, be good, stay safe, have a great week, and I will see you all Wednesday. Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.